Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friend, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. We're at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center in McHenry, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. So hopefully we'll see you here someday. Uh, We have the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus uh, soon to be uh, adding on with a few additional items that we're going through zoning for. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, that includes a swimming pool. We're super excited about that too. Uh, Okay, so um, today on the show, the public tap water supply has a lot of secrets that I actually gasped out loud about. Um, These are from the Environmental Working Group. They says, this group says these secrets are very ominous because there's stuff being tested and not really counted for when it comes to, um, you know, like a, a federal or a governmental entity. They don't have to do it, but the Environmental Working Group says these things are very serious so we just picked like a town around here. Like you can go on the environmental working group, look up any town you want to and see what their tap water is being tested for. So I literally couldn't believe it. I, I was shocked when something in the water was 176 times past where it should be, according to the environmental working group. That's just right around here. It can happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. So this is really concerning. And, you know, you get a lot of pets who come in and they have weird symptoms. And you're like, what is this? And that did happen to you one time with a case of, um, what was it? It was an anthrax. Oh, arsenic. arsenic you yeah. had an arsenic poisoning case. Yeah. And it was, the symptoms were just so weird and you can't kind of define what's going on there. Yeah, we often don't think about water as being an issue, but it as an underlying health issue. But it, you know, obviously they're drinking it every day. It's going through the mm-hmm. filters in their body, so the kidney and the liver. And also, if you have a pet with frequent urinary tract infections, we did come across a, across a really good piece of research about that. It's interesting how you, the hardness of your water affects your pet, and it's been proven now by a pet insurance company. So we're going to tell you about what they have as well, what they found uh, as well in their research. Um, A lot of people are into CBD. You're into trying CBD. You're kind of looking for that. Um, There's some side effects that we've read up on a little bit. And there's some that you kind of should be concerned about if you're giving CBD to your pet, obviously for yourself too, because a lot of owners do the same thing that they do for their dogs. And that's totally understandable. Um, And then we're going to give you some tips on onboarding CBD into your pet's life. So you don't cause like a a big uh, commotion (laughs) with a pet health problem. Okay. Uh, We also have a new flea and tick yard medication, uh, not medication, but supplemental type thing that you can use to try to get the fleas and ticks out of your yard. And that might reduce your need for a prescription or a heavy duty flea and tick medication that's like ingested or something. So we'll tell you about that as well. Um, And then additionally, how do pet owners really a look at sustainability. Are they doing stuff to make sure their pet is um, and their pet food is a sustainable item? We'll talk about that coming up as well. So what do you want to start with today? Well, I think that 
water thing is really interesting. So this is I shocking. Think start with that. So we ran the Crystal Lake, Illinois, typical suburban town. Okay. And this is through the Environmental Working Group. Anybody can get on there and look for it. So um, I've actually posted that in our Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson group. Um, I've posted kind of a link and then you can get through there and look at all this stuff. Okay. So it says contaminants detected 10, which exceed the Environmental Working Group health guidelines. So here, you take that one. There's a lot of pieces of paper here. So these guidelines are a little bit different than your federal or governmental or anything type guidelines. So the guidelines are different. Um, legal, they say, the Environmental Working Group says, does not actually equal safe. Getting a passing grade from the federal government doesn't mean the water meets the latest health guidelines. And legal limits for contaminants in tap water have not been updated for 20 years almost or more, maybe in some locations. Okay, so the contaminants detected just in a local suburban water supply, uh, bromidochloromethane, 176 times the Environmental Working Group's health guideline. This potential effect is cancer. Bromoform, the potential effect, again, cancer. Chloroform, 33 times the Environmental Working Group's health guideline. Um, and the potential effect, again, on that is cancer. Um, 49 times the legal or the Environmental Working Group's health guideline is dibromoacetic acid. Um, you've got all kinds of stuff. Um, 95 times dibromochloromethane. Um, the effect, again, is cancer. Radium, 14 times. I think we all know what that one's going to mm -hmm. do. Wow. And um, just it just goes on and on. One is 250 times the potential effect of cancer. Sorry, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but the abbreviation is TTHMS. So um, these abbreviations, it'll tell you exactly what it is. They have a list that they have on the Environmental Working Group. And, I mean, this is pretty serious stuff. And cancer is the result of it. So this is in your water supply. Okay. So not only should you be concerned as just, you know, a human being <laughs> drinking that water or having that be your only source of water and not really having a say in what's going on there, but you know, pets come in here and they have weird symptoms. They have skin rashes. They have unexplainable behaviors. They have um, seizures Everything that's associated with this can sometimes be picked up in a water supply. So you have to be really careful. And if we aren't all educated and really understanding what's really in there, then, you know, you think it's safe. You think it's so great. You know, it's the safest water supply in the world. But is it really? And is there a way for you to take control of this a little bit, get ahead of it a little bit and try to, you know, filter out some of those contaminants? Well, I think... You you should have your water checked because they, in, in how often, maybe at least once a year or a couple times a year to be sure, you know, coming off of winter and then going into, uh, you know, to the, into the summertime. Uh, one of the reasons is, you know, we can't detect, we can't do a blood test necessarily to detect all of these potential contaminants. But if your pet is drinking tap water, testing your tap water to determine if they're being exposed, and then we can change, you know, maybe pinpoint where the problem is based mm -hmm. on water. Um, of course, nutrition, everything else as well. But it's it's an interesting fact because it, let's face it, you know, water is necessary. At the same time, we've got uh, the liver and kidney is using the filters uh, to filter out contaminants. 
so if it's affecting them, uh, you know, it could be something simple as just changing the water. But uh, the question is, well, what water should they drink? And there's been um, some indications that should I, you know, give my pet bottled water versus tap water versus well water, depending on where you live. And uh, we do have one of the safest water, uh, you know, we do have the safest water in the world. At the same time, if there's contaminants there, we want to be sure that we're using filterable water. Uh, it's it, it, one study I saw that they actually test the uh, tap water more often than they do bottled water. So we want to be sure the bottled water is tested as well, just to be sure there's no So if it's bottled there. water, there's no guarantee? No, they actually test the tap water more often than they do the bottled water. Ew. So is bottled be, water just coming from tap water anyway, though? Well, they, they call it spring water. So yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. You know I don't know what the guidelines are and all of that stuff. Right. But it, at the same time, uh, the point is it's just having uh, even running the bottled water through a filtration system like zero water is one of my favorites because we use that one at home. I actually have a zero water filter here. You keep talking. Yeah, zero water, it, it's designed to take any water and you can put it into the zero water machine and it'll filter out all the contaminants. So it's uh, this, this is, the, yeah. this is the actual filter. It's huge and you have to it's replace it pretty often, like every month. And it's a big, heavy filter. You can hear it shaking. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff in there. I think coconuts or I don't know what they're filtering through it. Mm -hmm. But it does also come when you first get the kit, it comes with like a little contamination device. Like it, you just stick it in there, press the button, and it'll tell you how contaminated your water is. It doesn't tell you like specifics, but it does tell you what it does filter out. But these, um, you know, these claims by the Environmental Working Group are pretty serious. I mean, we're talking cancer. We're not talking about something that, you know... I mean, that could cause just a little GI upset or anything like that. Right. These, these items are actually very serious. So they said in an article, in 2000, a gallon of gas cost $1.51. Survivor first premiered on CBS. Google began selling ads on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and the EPA set a legal limit for uranium in tap water. And that was the last time they did anything. So they said the carcinogenic, the one that was in the Aaron Brockovich movie, was found in the tap water of more than 200 million Americans. So it wasn't just that she found it in tap water. It's actually everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was obviously bad there. The lead poisoning scandal in Flint, Michigan, brought the attention to neurotoxin that was floating around in the school drinking fountains. And that was actually from coast to coast. They keep finding it lead that is lead and a national crisis erupted over tap water contaminated with fluorinated forever chemicals linked to cancer and reproductive and immune system harm so all of these things are very concerning again what should you do so we're talking about maybe getting some water filters um maybe getting some kind of way of figuring out if your pet's water can be tested and your water can be tested and you know, bottled water, I guess, is not necessarily the solution. No, I think Avery, our daughter, actually tested some of the bottled water we purchased and found that there was even some contaminants in that, you know. Quite so, a bit of them, actually. Right. It wasn't, it was, I think, about half as good as our tap water. Mm -hmm. So the contaminants, according to the zero water little thing that comes with it, were like 
280, and that's pretty normal for our area of the country. It said on their little map that they include with it, but the um, water supply, uh, you know, in the in the bottled water was still in the hundreds, so in the 100 something range. So it wasn't really that much better, but I mean, a little better. So I'll take that. Anyway, um, so that's kind of where we are with that as a warning shot to anybody whose pet is having maybe some weird side effects, maybe some weird symptoms. You just can't get right down to it. Um, Maybe your pet is fighting a cancer diagnosis. Maybe that's an alarm for everyone in your household to be concerned about where is this coming from and how is this going to happen? So what are you looking for? If you were looking for a waterborne type side effect from a pet, uh, especially if we run blood work and everything, you know, the pet's sick, but everything looks normal. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be a, a flag, especially for contaminants, uh, maybe food, water, something like that. Uh, we do have to, you know, take a look at that because it's, you know, the, the body's responding, but then there's nothing really going on with the vital organs. So it says that we're at maybe microdosing levels because some of these contaminants you're talking about are at parts per million. So not very high. Mm-hmm. And that uh, it's maybe not enough to shake up the vital organs yet, but just enough to cause problems. Okay. So skin lesions, what else? Uh, you know, diarrhea, vomiting, um, excess urination, um, you know, excess thirst, uh, just general weakness or lethargy. Those could be uh, common signs where they're just not feeling well. And um, so that's when we start to look if the blood work looks normal, if nothing else appears to be wrong we can start to take a look at some of those things. So take a look at the food they're eating and also the water they're drinking. Okay. Um, any skin type reactions or maybe vision changes that you might see from something like that? If it if it's going through the kidneys, especially or the liver, uh, if it's affecting that, you might see red eyes, a kind of cloudy vision, you know, where the, mm. the tears wouldn't be as uh, like it's productive and it's productive. Oh, you know, so okay. it'd be thicker uh, tears or kind of a fog or a cloudiness over the, over the cornea. Mm, okay. All right. I know, um, you know, like lead poisoning in kids can produce like a skin rash too. So just something to watch out for. Definitely something to talk to your veterinarian about whether he's your vet or not. Um, it's kind of worth noting. Uh, so what do you do in the meantime? Um, how do you get your pet more interested in drinking water? So first of all, you want to try filtering it, try getting the contaminants out of your water. Um, then also BaysideAnimalHospital.com. They're located in Maryland. So they have um, an article on their website that's actually pretty good. I really enjoyed reading it. And this article talks a little bit about, um, you know, all the different water sources they have out there. So, you know, you're right by the ocean, you're going to be getting tide pools, mud puddles, all kinds of things. Um, So they kind of talk about that a little bit, but then they also said to get your pet to drink more water just at home rather than getting really thirsty and then going outside and deciding the mud puddle is more fun or the ocean's more fun. Let's drink all that water, whatever, lake, river, that kind of thing. Um, What do you do at home? So first they said provide fresh cold water at all times. You may need to change it two to four times daily. And they suggested using ice cubes in the water in the bowl. Cause that's um, well, ice cubes are just generally fun for dogs. I've noticed right. they love playing those. And um, they like also to have cold water. So maybe an insulated dog bowl would help keep things uh, a little bit colder for them. Make sure the bowls are easy to access 
and that you have, if you have a multi-storied home, put a bowl in every story of your house. So they really gives younger dogs, older dogs, dogs who are caged or crated a chance to go ahead and drink when they really want to. So instead of, you know, like coming right out of the crate after work, or you're, you're going to let them out, our crates are upstairs. If you're going to let them out, they could just go right to the water dish or have a dish inside their crate, whatever you choose to do. And then that way they're kind of hydrated before they go outside and start looking around for mud puddles or, you know, the pond that goes next to your house or a stream or something like that. Um, And uh, so giving the water when you go outside is a great idea. And then you also want to maybe take something with you when you go on a hike. So you know that you're giving a good um, filtered water product to your pet Mm -hmm. before you do anything like that. So um, comment here from Courtney says, um, I'm so glad you're talking about this. Recently stopped giving Riggs tap water to help with his kidney function. Who knew? Exactly. Who knew? Nobody's talking about it. Right. We don't think about it. It's something so natural as drinking water, you know, and so there could be actually some contaminants in there. And I mean, you just assume everything's going to be okay, right? Because it's America. We have great, safe water here. But in the end, there is a reality to, you know, these parts per million or these 176 times the environmental working group standard for water and should water standards be changed it's something that really after 21 years of no changes to the water standards probably something to talk to your representatives about and maybe a good way to just start some conversations too um, on the internet and your facebook groups other places like that uh, it's it's just uh, kind of baffling actually when i saw that i couldn't believe it and even the study that about hard water, you know, just oh yeah, the hard water, water study. So, a lot of dogs come in here. <laughs> a lot of them will have recurring UTI. The owners think it's a recurring UTI, and cats as well. So, if your cat is going in the house, eliminating inappropriately, there's um, actually a new study by Trupanion. Go ahead and tell them about that. It was an interesting study because they saw that the percentage of payouts for insurance uh, for urinary tract problems was going up. And so they decided to do a study in, in comparing hard water areas to see if those patients that were getting more payouts were, were actually from those high hard water areas. It was a startling discovery that it almost laid out the map, uh, you know, the layovers for each of them were almost identical. That's so crazy. It was interesting that, um, <laughs> that male cats especially, but cats usually have more urinary tract issues called feline lower urinary tract disease than dogs. But male cats were three times more likely to have a urinary tract issue from crystals in hard water areas. Oh, really? Which is interesting. And um, wow. but also uh, all urinary tract disease because uh, those, the, the minerals of the hard water, it kind of makes sense because if you're getting- That's true hard water, you know, calcium deposits in, in hard water deposits in your pipes. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. I mean, the, the you're filter get them in is, some other pipes. Right. <laughs> the pipes are pipes, right? So yeah. whether it's metal pipes or <laughs> biological pipes, but yeah. you know, it's, but it kind of make, it really makes sense. You know, that uh, if the water's hard, that it's, it's going to create some crystalline, uh, Oh. solutes in the urine. So that makes sense. Oh, that makes me feel bad. All the times, you know, you didn't know to tell anyone that. I know. You know? It's, it's something that, uh, you know, as things evolve, 
we start to see trends and, and it takes people just looking at it and going, okay, this, does, this seems a little weird. So it was a great study by Trupanian. I, I that's a that. great study. Yeah. I mean, that's a really huge thing to give to veterinary medicine, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So they're a good company. We've reviewed Trupanion before on our show yeah. and uh, we actually have a lot of Trupanion clients here. So that's, uh, I really do like that. That's uh I guess it's good information. So how do you change your diagnosis? Like what do you, in your treatment plan? Well, you know, initially we want to get the crystals out of urine. So we want to use products like D-Manos and, and uh, you know, cranberry and, and other products that help drain dampness, uh, crystal stone formula from Yingtong Herbal. Uh, but then also look at the water supply and let's talk about, well, what kind of water are they drinking? Uh, the question is, should we go to tap? Should we go to, you know, distilled water. Distilled water is, is questionable because it, you're basically taking a lot of minerals out of out of the water, which the pets need. Okay. Uh, so sometimes that's not a, the best alternative. But the first thing I would say is get a, and I tell a lot of clients, get a zero water, you know, just put the water, let it filter through there. Uh, you know, this machine that we have right here, that takes a gallon. So, you know, th- that would be the pet's mm-hmm. water consumption for the day right there. You got filtration. Well, Pretty right easily. At your fingertips. If they're yeah. drinking a gallon, I think you've got other problems. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got a great day and that's a couple hundred cats pounds. Love, so. um, cats absolutely love like a running fountain of water. So if you're looking to get your cat to drink more, a running fountain of water actually is a really great idea. There's tons of fountains you can find available on the internet and they're made specifically for pet fountains. Just don't forget to clean them out. That's um, a buildup of biofilm. Like even with a zero water filter, we have one that's like I don't know, like two and a half gallons or something. And it sits on top of a water cooler at home. So you just roll, I roll it over to the sink. I have it on one of those plant things, you know, plant roller and you mm-hmm. put a plant on. Yeah. I roll it over to the sink and fill it up. But every time you do it, you really have to go in there and wash it all out really, really well. Because even if it's just sitting in there and like we drank it in a day or two, there's biofilm still yeah. in there and it's like orange and gross. So, or just, just a little bit of buildup, you know, it's still gross. So you have to clean it out um, pretty fairly religiously. So I'm talking about biofilm, which I know it's gross, but keep the toilet lids down because that's another source of water for pets. Especially it's cold. It's cold. cold water. It's, it's, uh, you know, in a porcelain bowl. So it keeps it nice <laughs> and cold, right? It's clear. It's and fresh. Dogs usually, and cats love to get right? in there. So flushed many times a day, I'm sure. So right. that makes it fresh. Because it's not that's not coming from the soft water supply necessarily. Oh. So and sometimes we have those um, you know products in the in the toilet bowl cleaners and stuff like that that we have mm-hmm. to be careful of bleach, as well. The bleach tablets. Right, bleach tablets. I um, mean they really do keep your you know, it really cuts down on like your housework mm-hmm. with the bleach tablets. It seems like fresher and cleaner and all of that, but mm-hmm. I uh, can't let the animals get in there. Right. Source of, of uh, toxicity as well, but also, um, you know, the, the type of water they're drinking there, you may get, be giving them filtered water and then they're going to an alternative water supply. So as you mentioned earlier, you know, they will seek out water in different areas <laughs> with exercise so that could be the toilet, that could be a puddle outside, that could be lake water and stuff like that. So we just have to be conscious of the water supply that they're actually drinking, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, of health issues, especially lake water, anything that stands for a long period of time. River water is moving all the time. 
So, but there's a lot of con- a lot of solute and contaminants in that as well. It's better just to not let them. You know, if you're going to let them swim, I, obviously they're going to drink some. But rinse them off really well. Uh, I wouldn't let dogs just go up to a rain puddle and drink out of that uh, because there there definitely can be some contaminants and toxicity in there. Mm-hmm. Your own dogs do it, by the way. They do. Yeah. So, so I, I have to. I'm guilty of it as well. I have to have to watch them. Preach it, you know. Jim. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got the horse doing it the other day. Just curious. Wanted to see what that was and licked at it and stuff. I'm like, stop it. That's not. I know. It's, 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 it's water. It, it is water. It's fresh water. It's running. It's it's from nature, right? I. What about a like rain barrel? I. You know. I. It's probably okay. Um, but I would still filter it, you know, I wouldn't, uh, because it's, it, you could have acid rain and stuff like that. So you gotta be careful. Does a rain barrel get contaminated quickly though? I would think like if it's hot outside and you've got a rain barrel going, Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you keep that clean inside and like, you know, good water that could be used for something like that for drinking at all. Well, biofilm is, is everywhere, you know, anywhere there's going to be water. Uh, the warmer it is, the more biofilm you're going to get. And, and that brings up, you know, the, the earlier point about, you know, cleaning out your zero water filter, cleaning out the food, the water bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, at the same time, rainwater, any standing water is going to get film mm. because bacteria like that. They'll, they'll grow on the lining. It changes the actual, um, the, the, the charge of the bacteria. Uh, instead of repelling like two magnets, it actually attracts. So the pH or, and also the, uh, the liquor charge of the bacteria change so they can cling to surfaces. Oh, really? So, surface so that's why it's so dangerous? Right. That's why it's so dangerous. Oh, okay. Does it change the pH like if it was in a biofilm in a bladder or something? Right. And it changes it, the pH of the bladder. It can change the pH of the bladder to go up or down, but mostly up. Okay. It's going to be more alkaline, especially uh, with bladder infections. Uh, there are certain bacteria that uh, can actually produce struvite crystals, Ew. but there has to be the right pH in the right environment for that bacteria okay. to grow. Okay. All right. Well, that's our little take on water. So that's kind of where we are with that. Um, so just go ahead and check your water supply. You can check it on the environmental working group. Um, if you live in the country though, and you're using like well water, I mean, you can send it out for testing and I don't know, maybe on their website, they might have a place where you could send it out and see all these other categories that you're probably going to be missing on you know, a well water report or even a report from a city because obviously they're not too concerned about testing for this stuff or it's tested to a certain point, just not within um, limits that the environmental working group suggests. So definitely worth uh, a look at their website. They do have a lot of really good information on there. They do cosmetics, um, shampoos, um, all kinds of different stuff. So uh, they even do actually flea and tick medication. They had an article on that and using flea and tick medication in the environment. Um, we do have a new product available for that here in our pet store. Um, and obviously, you know, if you don't come here, it's available online too. So we're going to talk a little bit about that new product when we come back. And if you're onboarding CBD into your pet's life or their diet or even yours, um, we do have some advice for you about how to do that correctly um, and cautiously, probably, I would say. Right. Uh, and also some of the side effects of CBD that, you know, everybody talks about how great it is, but people don't 
always talk about what the side effects of it are. So it's definitely something you do have to watch for. So we'll talk about that when we come back here on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. What are the labels that identify us? Who are we and how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves. Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Listening to awesome woo woo holistic vet advice. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. We're at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center in McHenry, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Um, We're talking today about a few things. If you joined us in our first half hour, that was all about water and water contamination. Alana, come here and let me see this water bottle. This is Alana. She is uh, in our office and she does a lot of different stuff for us. She works very hard. Thank you very much, Alana. So she got this really cool water bottle called, I think it's called Circle. Is that what it is? C-I-R-K-U-L. She hates water. It makes her sick. She, there, you have literally no end to the complaints about water. Yep. Correct. <laughs> it's disgusting to her. So anyway, um, okay. So sorry, I have to touch it, but no, you're fine. you take this thing out 
Okay. And it comes with different cartridges and the cartridges put the flavor in and you just pour in top water and you're done. And she says, they're fantastic. Like and you drank three bottles things. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that filters as well. Like, it, yeah. So filters. It's filters. Yeah. It also has like a filter one. So if you just want to do plain water, it has like an extra like filter to it. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Good. Thank you for that tip. That's a good one. <laughs> I like awesome. that one. So it goes along with what we were doing today. Good little travel bottle for your pet too, you know, so. <laughs> that would be a good travel bottle for the pet because it is filtered. So right. yeah. Filtered water for your animal. I mean, I think maybe 50 years ago, people would have thought we were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just drink it out of the front. We're I just evolving. We, that's all. <laughs> on the farm, we just pulled the hydrant up and took a drink of water from the hydrant. Right out of the hose. Out. Yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. So I guess we weren't really thinking about water filtration for dogs at that time. No. <laughs> dogs then, you know, were just such, they, I mean, they weren't like, they were the dog. They weren't a family member like they are now. Now, you know, you're as, almost as concerned about your dog as you are your regular family members, or you're concerned about, you know, what they're drinking, what they're eating, how that's going to go. Should they be eating this or that? And, you know, rightly so. I mean, people really think of their dog so much more as somebody that belongs in their family. They yeah. want to hold on to it as long as they can. Definitely family members because they're, it's becoming, and that was a great topic about sustainability, you know, not only you know, good clean water and, and good food to eat and stuff like that, but also just protecting the environment. So that was a neat study. Yeah. This study is from Pet Business Magazine. It's where it was published. And it was a poll conducted by one poll on behalf of OcoCat that found 94% of 2,000 cat and dog owners in the U.S. are trying to live more sustainably now than they did a year ago. Almost one in five or 19% say they've radically transformed their sustainability efforts over the last year. One of the most common changes is choosing more environmentally friendly pet foods with 42% of owners making this switch. I've noticed um, a lot of the pet food companies now are using different, I'm not going to say tactics, but they're using different sustainability tactics. So um, different methods to make things um, less harsh on the environment. One of them is nature's logic. They're using solar power. Uh, there is a huge dog food manufacturing plant in Harvard, Illinois. They have a five acre dog bone shaped solar field and they're using that to power the plant. So it's really becoming a thing. And I think that's fantastic. So I think um, that's one echo conscious way of doing it. Still, we did talk last week about dog and cat food cans being um, recycled with only a uh, 20% recyclability rate. Um, you know, we talked about they're slimy and they stink. So people just, you know, probably just like want them out. Right. Right. It's, you just want to throw it out. Rinsing it out and making sure that, you know, it's, yeah. You know, it, and I'm sure that the recycling company doesn't want it just chucked in there with all the right. Then food it's not recyclable. Right. Then they'll you just have to throw have it out. clean, or it's yeah. not recyclable. So, forty-six <laughs> percent uh, of owners say they've swapped out their traditional waste disposal methods for more sustainable alternatives, like biodegradable uh, pickup bags and all-natural litter. Similarly, over half said they're switching to chemical-free and non-toxic household products. Oh, yeah, that's a big score because I think people just don't realize that one has an effect on your dog so much. They're on the floor, they're licking, they uh, come in after you clean, that kind of thing. Um, paw reactions, um, general overall health and wellness, and the fragrance as well are all issues that your dog or cat face 
when dealing with your household chemicals. So just going back to the basics of vinegar, um, sometimes a little bit of alcohol, um, vegetable oil, furniture polish, um, things like that, the, the old ways, baking soda. Those are all great ways of cleaning um, without using products that, you know, come with a lot of different chemicals and chemicals, you know, always come with risk when it comes to an animal because they're so nature-based. Um, recycling is another popular eco-friendly practice among pet parents. All right. Let's see if they actually answered this. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't know. I recycle everything. No, you don't. Um, cat owners seem to be the best with 51% reporting they recycle frequently or more often compared to 44% of dog owners and households with both type of pets struggle with sorting through the trash. Just 37% of those respondents say they're recycling more. However, having more than one type of pet does appear to make pet parents more mindful. Only 33% of owners with both cats and dogs say they've never thought about their pet's impact on the environment compared to 44% of dog owners and 51% of cat owners. Most dog owners say that outdoor playtime with their pup has made them more aware of the natural world. That's always, that's really nice. I like yeah. that one. Carly Lintz wrote that article in Pet Business. And if you want to read more about it, I'll post it on our Holistic Vet Advice page with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. That's our group on Facebook. You can join that and get some more inside info on there. So the article's called, How Do Pet Owners Really Feel About Sustainability? I guess you have to put your money where your mouth is on that one. <laughs> yeah, you do have to practice what you preach, you know, and, and it makes sense because, uh, you know, the landfills, you know, if you get a lot of things that you could recycle, it's obviously going to, uh, you know, keep the landfills mm -hmm. from filling up because it's going to get more difficult is, they said they're thinking about even using um, some type of, it's like a kind of a gelatinous thing and it dries mm -hmm. and it can be used as packaging. So it's kind of heavy duty, but it's like zero waste because you just, it, it just biodegradable. Yeah. So they're kind of researching new packaging issues, especially when it comes to canned cabbage. I think it's more convenient as well, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, having cans and having extra things, it's easier just to take a scoop in a bag and, and feed it to them. But if we're, if we're trying to do be more conscious about what they're eating and things like that, mm -hmm. as far as canned food or, or dehydrated food, there's going to be more packaging and it, it should be biodegradable. It should be sustainable. And, and I think, um, but also convenient. I mean, let's face it. We want things yeah. to be easy. I mean, it, it is hard by the time you clean out the cat food cans, um, you know, you, then you've had to use a paper towel, water, maybe some soap, um, you know, before you can recycle that. So you're kind of still making a mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, and I guess if you count your time, yeah, you know, it's not that much time, but you know, you know, let's face it. If you open it, take it into the, put it in the bowl and go yunk right into yeah. the trash. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> but you, you do have to take that extra time. And I think it's, it's I've got to change off. my ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't planning on it, but I have to now. Yeah. All right. So um, onboarding CBD into your pet's medications Everybody wants CBD right now. It's like totally the rage. Get to watch where you're getting it. Um, getting it from a reputable veterinary source for your pets is a very good idea. Um, getting it in outside places may not be. So um, the one we carry here is Pet Relief. It is just for um, independent pet stores. It comes in a liposomal form and it comes in a regular form of CBD. We also carry the Mount Ara Treats that are CBD and we carry the pet relief treats, which are, I think some of them are crunchy and some of them are a little bit chewier. Um, 
So all those things combined, I am pretty confident that these treats and these CBD products are, you know, good. I mean, they're not contaminated. We're not dealing with somebody who's just like throwing stuff in a bottle. When we looked into making a CBD line, it was completely shocking because there was no regulation whatsoever. Like we could have, I could have literally brought it in here, poured it into bottles on my desk, slapped a label on it and put it right on the shelf. I could have done it in the bathroom if I wanted to. Nobody's to know. So you got to stick with brand names, um, things that you can actually trust. You know where they're coming from. If they're being sold in a reputable location, like an animal hospital or a you know, good pet store, like one that you, you know, see a lot, you frequent, you have been maybe working with them a long time. That's also a very good idea just to make sure it's reputable and as holistic as possible. Okay. Cause that's what obviously everybody with the CBD bug is uh, looking for anyway. So there are some side effects though, uh, from CBD that you should consider when you're looking at onboarding this into your pet's care. So diarrhea and vomiting are a couple of them. Lethargy and not eating are another couple. Um, There is probably going to be some dry mouth. So pumping that water to your pet is a good idea. Drowsiness and a lower blood pressure. But the one that's most concerning is a change in liver function and a change in liver enzymes. So you can have different results from your pet's um, from from CBD, like not every pet is going to have a change in liver function, but it's something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about the higher alkaline phosphatase and what is that and what does it mean? Well, alkaline phosphatase is an isoenzyme. It's used by the liver to help with protein synthesis and, and uh, filtration of toxins and things like that. The There's a lot of areas of the body that produce it, but our main systems, liver, gallbladder, and adrenal. And so if they're on an anti-inflammatory, such as a carprofen or product like that, that's going to have the potential to raise the alkaline phosphatase because it does work the liver a little bit harder. And if we're using a carprofen and a CBD, you might get dual um, you know, stress on the liver Okay. And so you always want to talk to your veterinarian about, okay, I'm, I'm giving this supplement. I am giving CBD in case, uh, you know, they want to use an anticonvulsant, they want to use an anti-anxiety medication or also pain relievers. So always talk to your veterinarian about, okay, I'm on these supplements right now. Uh, if we're going to prescribe something, want to make sure that uh, they're not antagonizing each other and they're not, you know, adding you know, synergistic. So you got, you know, one product adding more potency because you're adding another product to their system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can happen when you're looking at like anticonvulsants. Right. Especially phenobarbital. So everybody, you know, you've probably seen how CBD or sometimes THC based products are like a solution for a lot of humans that have had maybe, you know, like a lifelong epilepsy or seizure disorder or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we all, it's kind of like how everybody kind of got into CBT. That was one of the first things that was successful in treatment that, you know, had a lot of anecdotal type evidence. So, um, you know, you do see that a lot in animals. You do see some cases that are pretty stubborn and severe. Um, Do you have anybody who's recovered with the use of CBD from any seizure type disorders? I do have a lot because it does, you know, 
in the beginning when they are having seizures, especially maybe seasonal uh, epilepsy and stuff like that, CBD works really, really well. Uh, the more stronger seizures when they have true epilepsy and they're on uh, medications, we can actually lower the phenobarb level. And so oh, really? you don't, you, they're not as dependent. They can go on lower levels when we're testing phenobarbital. They can actually be under the threshold for the normal reference range for phenobarbital mm. in the bloodstream. And so I think it works really well as a synergistic with phenobarbital or uh, the Chinese herb Ditan Tong, which is an anticonvulsant prescription herb. And um, the thing I like about it, because it's a standalone therapy, it's a great baseline. So you don't have to go as high on these other medications, mm. you know, especially pain relief. And, and, uh, and we're talking about anticonvulsants, you know, they just don't have to go to those toxic levels. You get a, a nice blend of natural therapy along with if they do need the traditional therapy, then it's going to reduce their dependency. So they don't need so much to control the problem. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Um, so you take this home, okay. This bag and you know, they're designed of course to taste yummy. This one's pumpkin. This Edibites by pet relief is peanut butter and banana flavored. So you turn your back something happens and or you come home and somebody's gotten the entire bag of CBD down at one time. Is this a problem? It, it can be. Um, if they have a CBD party, you can have, <laughs> uh, you know, there can be uh, issues with the kidney. There can be hypoglycemia, uh, hyperkalemia, which is high potassium and also acidosis. So what does that, all, what does all that mean? Acidosis is you're going to see a higher, a lower pH of the bloodstream. So there's more buffering. Uh, high potassium is that uh, you're going to get more potassium moving out of the cell and into the bloodstream, uh, which means usually that we're altering insulin levels, you know, the, because uh, insulin helps to keep the potassium in the cell. Uh, azotemia is high urea count because uh, the kidney gets involved with this as well uh, because the liver gets involved. And then also obviously hyperglycemia uh, because you're suppressing insulin levels. So that's going to move potassium out of the cell and not in. Uh, it's also going to create acidosis because you have more pH. So the body needs to buffer more. That all kind of sounds painful. It, it's uncomfortable. You know, it, um, especially because the kidney gets involved with buffering, it can cause intoxication where they oh. feel like they've drank too much alcohol. They start to feel kind of woozy and lightheaded and nauseous and, and uncomfortable, loss of balance, a little ataxia. So even though these are very safe and for the most part, you know, they can eat a bag of Mount Aura and probably be okay, but there's going to be some time when that has to wash out of their system, mm -hmm. you know, and... Um, Do you so, need veterinary treatment for that? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, Anytime okay. they've overloaded on on any treats or anything like that, it's to contact your veterinarian and find out, do we need to induce vomiting? Um, or do we, we, can we let this ride and just monitor for symptoms? So if it's been within two hours of ingestion, you can typically induce vomiting and get rid of the stomach contents. So they don't at have the to veterinary go office. at the veterinary don't office. Don't do that one at home. Yeah, don't try it That's at home. Um, but if it's been longer than two hours, say, you know, you know for sure that when you left this morning that 
uh, and you didn't get home till later and you're not sure, mm -hmm. or if you know it's been more than two hours, then we have to have supportive care because then it's out of the stomach and it's moving into the intestine. So usually activated charcoal, uh, some fluids, um, you know, just water drinking uh, as well as sub fluids or even IV fluids, uh, and then no food for the day. Just let that, the system, quiet down and, and rest. Oh, okay. But on the flip side, if we're starting these products, say for the first time, uh, you may want to go halfsies on it or maybe a fourth. Just kind of see how they're doing. And try not, if you're buying several products at once, don't give them all at once. You know, give one three days later, then give the other, maybe three days later, then give the other. Because if you give them all at once, you can get what they call a Herxheimer effect. Okay. Which is basically a, a natural reaction to natural products. So you can get excessive vomiting or diarrhea or just, wow, that was way too much goodness, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And so that's what a Herxheimer effect is. So we <laughs> don't want bounty. <laughs> right. Nature's <laughs> bounty. Say, wow, that's really, really natural and it feels good, but sometimes it, it can go too far the other way. But you a know, lot of good results out of CBD and oh, yeah, this recommended is all the time to a lot of different clients. You can use it for anything. I mean, really, it's the WD-40 of the biological world for sure. <laughs> okay. it's, it's really good stuff. Yeah. All right. Speaking of the WD-40 of the biological world, Wonderside has taken uh, the essential oils to a whole new level. So we just started to carry them here. So that's why we're going to talk about Wonderside again today. Um, so they've got the flea and tick spray. They come in obviously larger sizes, but we brought in some little travel sizes for you guys. They smell fantastic non-toxic. Um, there is some cedar wood oil in Wonderside. So, you know, I think there's at some level, probably some toxicity with cedar oil or something like that, but not at this level. So it looks like these are pretty safe. Um, they come with peppermint, lavender, and lemongrass. Those are the ones we're carrying here. Um, also, they have a yard and lawn spray because, you know, if you can keep them out of your yard and lawn, then you can probably reduce the impact you have on, you know, if your pet doesn't really go too much of anywhere else, you reduce the impact of insects infesting your home and your pet by taking care of your garden lawn. Yeah, that's always a good, you know, there again, you're reducing uh, the risk by having a more natural climate in your backyard mm -hmm. uh, because ticks are coming into the backyard now. It's not just a tall grass problem anymore. And mm -hmm. uh, especially in this area, it seems like the they're just as bad as fleas. You mm -hmm. know, yeah, it's they terrible. Can, they can migrate and, um, and be in a nice prune mold yard. We had an interesting story about ticks. We have a horse rescue, Proud Ponies Equine Rescue. So we took in this horse um, in late January. He was just on his last legs. He went through an auction. He felt bad, took him home. Um, and he, was, he had been in a buggy accident. He was in pretty terrible shape. And, you know, he had like a grade five heart murmur. He um, just had a lot of things going on. His heart rate was so high. He was using more energy than he could even, even eat. So we had to go ahead and put him down last Wednesday. And, um, you know, it's very sad, but he knew it was his time. He was done this horse yeah. and he was, he was a very sweet animal, but you know, the thing about that is that the ticks knew and they knew where to go. And he had so many of them on him overnight. It was just like, whoa, what happened to you? And there they were. They knew who to go to. Nobody else has a tick on that farm. 
it's it's interesting because they're little predators. They they um, and it happens all the time. You can have several dogs in your in your pack go out into the woods, and one's getting nailed with ticks, and the rest of them don't. So, what gives? But it it is a, a weakness. They seek it the out. System. They know. Yeah. They know who's the who's the weakest one, and they're going to take advantage of you. Like little insect wolves. They know for sure. So if you have a pet that's itching. Um, we've got a serious problem with that. Um, they do have a skin tonic spray now. It's made all out of essential oils, including neem oil, uh, lavender, um, cedar, and lemongrass. Uh, this is a natural and a natural emulsifier because when I first looked at it, I thought it looked like calamine lotion. But oh, you do have to kind of yeah, everything smells good. But yeah. um, you do have to shake that up. So if you're looking for the natural alternatives, Wonderside has really good reviews. So that's why we decided to give that one a go this year. Um, Vetra Science is one we've also had a lot of success with in the past. Um, there's nothing keeping you from making these recipes on your own as well. I'm sure there are some floating around there on the internet, but just make sure that everything you're using in those recipes, that nothing's too toxic. It doesn't smell too much um, because, you know, dogs and cats have a much higher um, rate of smell than and so many more smell receptors than humans have. So all definitely um, an issue for that. I like labeled products mostly because you, you have some company backing. True. Um, if you're making it True. yourself, sometimes you, you go, well, you know, did I put all of that in? Maybe I should double up on this. Uh, but the products that have labels on them, you know, they, they've got the recipe down really well and mm -hmm. they've got the ingredients in there and yeah. uh, they've got to sit, you know, the safety issue is going to be much higher than, than mm -hmm. trying it yourself. But we all like you to know, they've done their own thing about it, like probably their own research and stuff. So you can always mm -hmm. call them too and find out what else uh, is going on with that. Absolutely. Um, so uh, one other thing, we had a question on our Holistic Vet Advice page with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. It's a group on Facebook. You can join that. You can ask us questions. We'll try to help you out to the best of our ability. Um, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes um, we can, you know, make an impact for you. So anyway, um, speaking of smelly stuff, uh, Kathleen wants to know what to do about the anal gland smell. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yes, it's like commonly known around the vet clinic as tuna butt. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, anal glands are not really glands themselves. They're really scent glands. Um, and in a gland, the difference between a gland and a, and the anal sac itself is uh, the, the anal sac is just releasing scent um, and it's not following any hormones from the body. So okay. the way to get rid of that smell is to make sure you have some natural, uh, you know, cleaner, not kind of the sprayless just soap bath. and water and soap, soap and, and water, water. Or, or that, that waterless bath spray. Mm -hmm. That stuff's a really good idea too. That's always handy for anyone. And there's also um, pet wipes as well. And those can help get rid of that. It's kind of messy too. It's a little bit oily. Yeah. So, um, you know, like a pet wipe, you're going to have to use some kind, you can't just spray it back there. You're going to have to use some kind of uh, paper towel, something to actually get in there and clean it all out. <laughs> if yeah. your pet is a long aired dog or you just can't take the smell anymore, but usually it resolves itself pretty quickly. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have them expressed at your vet office just yeah. to get, get the extra out of there. All right. Well, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening this week to awesome woo woo holistic vet advice please join your host dr jim and kristen carlson again next thursday morning at 8 a.m pacific time 
and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.